Indigenous Truth is a space to connect with Indigenous people who are here to share the stories of their lives, history, and spirituality. Hi, I'm Tori Vela. And I'm Sarah Glass. It's time we learn the truth. Today we are with Hostine Smith. Uh, hello, my name is Hostine Smith. Uh, Hostine Judim Smith. Um, I come from the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community. Um, just great to be here. And where is the Salt River community live? Oh, the Salt River community comes from uh, Arizona, um, kind of southern Arizona. Okay. It's surrounded by Mesa, Tempe, and Scottsdale. We live right along uh, the Salt River, the Salt River itself. Awesome. Were you born and raised on the res? Uh, so I was born here and uh, I was raised till about three years old, I believe. And then we moved to Philadelphia. And oh, wow. We moved from Philadelphia to Pennsylvania and then we moved to New Mexico. And then when I was 13, that's when we moved back. Uh, how have your people been affected by colonialism? Um, some of the things like, uh, not all of it has been bad, I would say. Um, so a lot of the entrepreneurships that we, um, we are a part of such as um, we have a casino, we have uh, telecommunication, um, we grow crops out here. Um, but mostly I say the most current things that we've been dealing with was uh, Loop 202, right by mm -hmm. South Mountain. Uh, it's called the Modoc. And um, for a while, um, a lot of my friends, they were, uh, you know, they weren't for it because it comes really close to uh, um, lots of, a lot of petroglyphs and um, there's a, it's like a sacred site out there. So oh, wow. we didn't want, uh, it wasn't exactly through it, but since it was around it, they were afraid that the uh, explosions and stuff would mess up the terrain or might even block off some of the stuff we hadn't found there. So that was one of the, but I believe that got finished in 2019 and everything's copacetic. There's nothing that really got harmed. And more recently was the, the border wall. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Donald Trump's border wall actually went um, through a sacred site as well. And um, 
it uh it used uh he used the real id act to um supersede uh a lot of um uh the graves and repatriation act which would have protected that land because there's sacred uh stuff there and so uh our people were fighting you know to not have all that stuff go through there and unfortunately a lot of it did but now that the wall stopped for now um that's been a it's been a pretty big win for us nice yeah i'm glad that stopped uh how do you feel you and your family have been personally affected by colonialism um just the wallet say the wall itself and um you know just in everyday life um just uh you know you get out you go to your car um we live 10 minutes away from anything you can imagine and uh like it has made life a little bit easier but um i think our connection with the uh old ways and our history um it's made us stagnant with it we don't really have that uh connection like we used to like um for instance our uh, sister tribes the Gila River Akjin and uh, the Tanatham, they, they, um, they don't get a lot of the uh, per capita that we get because we have so many enterprises that we we have that we have deals with and such. They they don't get as much money, and so I feel that they have a better connection with the culture itself. Um, a lot of them still speak the language fluently. Um, a lot of them know the stories, the songs, and um, I just wish there was something, you know, or I just wish ourselves as a tribe would uh, get better at that. And that's one thing I try to do is learn more language, more culture, more knowledge. Right. That's amazing. Uh, what? So going along with that, what is your passion? Is that part of your passion to learn more and to regain uh, the history and the culture and to be able to pass on the songs and the stories? Yeah, um, that, that is one of them. I would say my main passion itself is, um, uh, is wrestling. So I wrestle, um, since I was in high school and I just did it off a whim, you know, some of the football guys were like, Hey, you should try wrestling. And, uh, so I did it, you know, I, uh, I was pretty good in high school. Um, me and my friend, we, um, we made some records. He became the first state champ. I became the first state placer. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. And so then I started coaching. Um, I made my own club 
with my friend Nahama. And uh, what? Talk to us about that. Um, you know, I was just helping him, helping him out, coaching and stuff. And one day, uh, he gave me a ride home, and uh, he was telling me he wanted to. He wanted to start a club, you know, and I'm pretty sure he was pretty nervous and I was even more nervous because it was the first time I'd ever even thought of something like that. Like, I still remember I was like, my heart was beating because I was like, wow, I can't believe, you know, anybody thinks that I'm, you know, that trusts me this much. And but as we started rolling, you know, we you know, made a, he made us a 501c3, so we were a nonprofit. Um, he set up a whole bank account, and uh, every year, you know, we were going to different places, just asking. Uh, he did he did most of the, um, the paperwork and stuff, but um, he got us tons of sponsors, um, some of the community members out here. They they sponsored us. Um, uh, David Montillo, he was a big sponsor, and yeah, it was it was fun. It was good, but then um, me personally, I felt like it wasn't. I was good, but I felt I could be better, and so mm-hmm. that's when I decided, you know, to get better I, as a coach. I felt I should get better as a wrestler. So I decided to go back to college. And then when I went, I honestly, even that one is just a luck shot. Like I just told my friend, cause we were training for like three months and then I let him know that, or another friend, this is a different friend. His name's Andy. Mm-hmm. And I let him know, you know, hey, um, if you have any friends or anything, or you can put me in contact with somebody who you know, can help me get into college. Like, I just want to go back to college to wrestle and just test myself. And uh, like a week later, he he said, yo, my friend's starting a team. He needs an 84 pounder. You know, I think it'd be perfect for you. Nice. Yeah, so then I did that for two years. Um, First year was pretty brutal. Uh, Second year, I came back. And I was ready. I was, you know, I had everything set. And uh, first week we got on the mat, first day, actually, I tore my MCL. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was out for three months. And, uh, yeah, so I I did come back. But, and I was trying to um, get to 171, but... It just wasn't happening, or 174. And so uh, one day I just had to uh, talk with my coach, and I told him, you know, I'm I'm probably just going to have to redshirt this year. Like, I, I'm not going to make it down. I can't compete. So, but I still got to practice. I still helped my team. Um, that was the, uh, I was like one of the only guys for the uh, heavyweight yeah, oh, okay. so it was important for me to be there for him. And uh, awesome. yeah, so I graduated and then I came back here. 
And then I wanted to start the club up again, but um, then COVID hit and uh, just had to push that just for health reasons, you know, keep everybody safe. Right. Yeah. I was just going to ask, is the club still um, going, but it's closed yeah. for now. Okay. Wow. And do you feel like, so now you've talked about, I believe you went away to school. I believe you went to Kansas, right? Yes, for college? Kansas. Loud County Community um, College. Awesome. Do you feel like you have to walk between two worlds or two cultures being indigenous and then when you're off of the res like non-indigenous society um yeah sometimes i think that was a little bit more prevalent in um in kansas just because i was i mean i'm the only one there who knows anything about my people and um like when I first met people, uh, a lot of them thought I was Mexican, you know, I don't know mm -hmm. if they've like, I don't know if they've actually have ever met a native person. So this might have been the first time they met a native person. So, you know, I did explain to them, you know, I'm native, where I'm from, how I, how I grew up and, um, Um, like, um, you can't really tell people, um, every single, uh, detail. And, uh, sometimes I've noticed over the years that if you overwhelm somebody with everything right at once, um, it doesn't, uh, they don't feel, they basically they just feel bombarded and, it feels like mm -hmm. I think they feel like maybe you're trying to brag to them. So I would just, you know, give them the basics. And then um, a lot of my friends, they'd ask, you know, here and there, you know, little questions. And so I give a little uh, good explanation, um, mostly about the language, how to say stuff. Um, how I felt about like certain things um, like Thanksgiving and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. And then did you move back to the reservation at 13? Yes. Yeah. Um, my, so my mom, uh, she got a call and it was from my aunt and she wasn't doing too well. So uh, she decided to move back and uh, help her and you know, take care of her the best she could. And so that's what we did. And um, unfortunately, she did pass away. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's been almost 10 years now. Yeah, might have been 10 years, a little bit longer. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a natural part of life. It happens. Mm -hmm. But... Um, uh, Sarah, going back to the, um, you know, the, uh, the white question, I guess you'd say like how they're perceived. Um, yeah, just me as a person, like I understand, you know, I, I've, I think I've been able to tell the difference between someone who's just asking because they're generally concerned and they, they don't know. 
and someone who is asking just to get a rise out of me. Um, and uh, that was a lot of what I dealt with in Kansas is because um, actually Kansas in that school, it was a pretty big athletic school. So there were kids from um, all over the world. Um, so a lot of uh, Jamaica, England, mm -hmm. I believe there was a kid from, uh, there was an Asian student there. I don't know if he actually talked to anybody, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there was there's people from all over. So, and, you know, they would ask me similar questions, you know, about, oh, do your people, you know, hunt buffalo, do they, do the teepees and stuff. And it wasn't like I felt offended. It was, you know, I just wanted to give them illumination to that's not always what you read isn't always what is the truth. And yeah. they were, they, you know, responded really well. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So after 13, then you went back to school on the res at that point, right? Yes. Okay, so what do they teach you in school on the res about history? Um, like the history, the your Native American history and Salt River history, do they go into that? Yeah, they they um they incorporate it uh pretty well. Um they they focus more as um when they're younger so um like mm. uh kindergarten and through the elementary and um in in high school i don't we didn't really we had a native studies class but um that was an elective and um uh cuz i went to um uh the school on the reservation and mm -hmm. um, it wasn't like they um, what they did was they would make it available, um, you know, different uh, presentations and um, we'd go um, watch lectures and stuff. And just they would everything that they did, they would try to incorporate um, the Atham Himdak in, you know, some way while trying to be respectful and uh the community does a good job itself you know having events that celebrate um the hymn doc as well to celebrate i'm sorry oh um hymn doc Just... it's um it's the way of life it's the autumn word for the way of life so it's just uh like the way the people you know uh, it's um, you know, it's just just the way you live, basically. You know, with uh, um, how you carry yourself, how you take care of people, take care of people. You know, it's uh, everything is um, you you know, the autumn people move as a people. They don't. It's not an individual thing. So mm -hmm. everything you do is for the people is what I was always told. So um, any knowledge that you know 
isn't your knowledge, it's everyone's knowledge. And even though you may not have shared it with everybody, you that's that's what the knowledge is there for, so that you can share it. Um maybe uh just like going back to my passion. Um totally. Um so when I was in college I uh I I went for athletic training. And so more currently, that's been the focus of what I've been doing. So when I came back, um, I started going to ASU and I've been working to, um, I've had to change my major a little bit just to tweak it to what it's going to be perfect, you know, in the future for me. So uh, currently it's um, sports science performance. Before that, it was exercise and wellness and then before that it was uh recreational therapy oh wow but um i think they all they all had their own important thing that um i took some good knowledge from them and but eventually it all leads to me being an athletic trainer and hopefully someday i get to work in the otc the uh, olympic training center so my my take on thanksgiving is um I mean, I, I still celebrate, not for the reasons that, you know, everybody else would, but, um, you know, we, we do it just to you know, together, eat, and just uh, be in the company of, you know, family. Right. But, um, yeah, we, we, every day is great, you know. I'm always happy to... Um, just be able to talk to my family and, um, you know, sometimes I call my aunts, my cousins randomly, uh, just to talk to them. Not like, not like anything's important or just to joke with them (laughs) and, uh, share stories. Yeah. Exciting news, whatever it is. Yeah. To feel that connection of your family. Yeah. And, you know, even when you, um, when I see somebody I haven't seen in a while in the store or, you know, if sometimes on the street, like if you're passing them, it's obviously not like legal traffic, but, um, you know, sometimes I'll stop in the middle of the road just to talk to somebody. And we'll stay there and keep talking until a car comes by or we think we see a cop. and like, oh, got to go, got to go. <laughs> but, that's that's yeah. awesome. So you feel like you're still a, a really tight community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. How much more schooling do you think you have? Um, like a year, I'd say. Um, it was like I think this year was supposed to be the year that I was going to graduate, but since I kept switching majors, it kept switching the requirements I needed. Yeah. Awesome, but then when you can, you know, work your passion and narrow it that down into what it needs to be, 
to reach your goals, that's when things start happening and clicking. Yep. Um, he has like four locations. That's uh, David Montillo. Oh, yes. I'm familiar with that name. Well, you mentioned him earlier too, but I'm yeah. familiar with him. <laughs> and you said, so David Montillo owns some smoke shops? Yes. Okay. And you said he was a really big supporter um, for you guys in your club. Yeah. Do you, do you have any like recommendations, like books or movies or places to help like for their education? Like books that I earned, like movies I used to watch um, that would explain uh, kind of what it's like to be indigenous. Mm -hmm. um, but most of those movies, they reflect a reservation or um, of people that aren't, we don't really, as is us people, the Atham, Akma Atham. We, we don't really fall in that category because um, it's like a really impoverished, a really, um, there's a lot of poverty in those movies that it doesn't reflect to our community because they just, they don't have running water. They don't have uh, electricity and stuff. Right. But uh, it would be a good start, I'd say, for people to see what we what it's like you know mm -hmm. um, what, some of those movies would be um smoke signals that's a classic um okay. thunderheart thunderheart was a really big one for us uh growing up we used to love watching that one um or maybe uh power highway i believe that's what it was called and there's one more I know. It's uh, like Dreamcatcher or um, that was just the one like uh, this grandpa uh, wants his grandson to take him to uh, a big powwow. And uh, because he's the only guy who tells stories and along the way he's telling the stories to his grandson and uh, he passes away before they get to the um, to the powwow but he still ends up going to the powwow and he starts taking over and telling stories the grandson wow that yeah that's uh i'll get that one a lot of uh sherman alexi that's a a good author to look up um i believe one of his books was actually the basis for smoke signals um the book was called uh, "Part-Time," uh, the part, the life and story of a part-time native. I believe okay. that's the name of the book. Exposing people, I think, to uh, native culture was um, one was Wind River. The um, another was the Dreamkeeper. Uh, Burying my heart at Wounded Knee. That one's actually a book and a movie. Uh, I read the book first. Um, not sure when they made the movie. Uh, Wind Talkers, that was a good one because that actually, um, uh, Ira Hayes is from Gila River. He's, he's part, he's awesome himself. He's one of the people who lifted the flag on Iwo Jima. 
um, Avatar. Uh, it seems like a odd movie to uh, um, throw in there, but uh, the whole premise of that movie was to reflect the um, how uh, the colonies had invaded a new world, and they actually use um, in one of the scenes a uh, a direct quote from uh, Custer's um, speech and uh, to describe how they're gonna um, take the land and and uh, they're trying to give the native people a better life um, awake it's a documentary kind of from when they were doing the dapple the Dakota access pipeline at Standing Rock, uh, Powwow Highway, uh, PBS, they did a couple documentaries that were pretty good, uh, Conscience Point, uh, Return to Indian Island, and Water Warriors. Um, and then uh, these last two are, um, uh, they're about... Um, well, one is called Dawnland, and it's it kind of focuses on um, ICWA, and that's the Indian Child Welfare Act. Um, that was uh, so um, when they couldn't uh, just keep taking the natives' land, then they thought, well, let's um, let's put them in boarding schools, and so that was kind of getting filtered out so their new idea was let's take the native children and put them into foster homes and so it was kind of a way to continue what they were doing at the boarding schools and um so that act actually repealed that and um gave the uh, indian children native american children back to their parents or they made sure that they could be with family first, then they would seek outside. And then um, there's a lot of uh, missing and murdered indigenous women documentaries. Um, those are pretty good just to, so that people can understand why that's a big deal. And actually Wind River, um, that's kind of the premise of that movie. Um, a woman shows up you know, dead, and they have to investigate it, but um, since it's on reservation land, it has to go through um, a federal case, and they only send one agent out there. And so he doesn't have the resources necessary to uh, do a full investigation. And, and But they do figure out what happened and how it happened. And so that, that movie does have a good ending. I think. And then um, just the Autumn people as themselves, um, we used to kind of live all through basically the middle of what is now current Arizona and all the way down into a little bit past um, Mexico, the Mexican border. And so at the top, it's the Anacama Autumn, and the on means uh, salt, and then Akmal and Atham uh, means river people. So, on Akmal Atham.
and that's uh, Salt River. And then it goes down and a uh, little bit ways is Gila River. And they're just known as the Akamo people, just the river people. And then it goes uh, to the Akjin. And um, they're known as uh, the desert people themselves. And then the biggest uh, Atham reservation is the Don Atham. And that uh that means desert people as well. And um our um so that's just the Arizona or the US um known Autumn people. And uh our but our our relations go all the way into Mexico and um the the reservation down there um, is known as uh, Chudaguaya. Um, I I forgot what that means, but um, yeah. Uh, so we do this run called the Unity Run, and it's a prayer run. And we'll either start from Salt River and go all the way down to uh, Chudaguaya, or we'll go from Chudaguaya and go all the way up to Salt River. And it's uh, you know. We'll all get to meet each other, get to see different parts, and uh, it's really a it's really a good bonding experience. Yeah, that sounds like it would be a really fun time. I'm on that on the run. Like, is it a um, weekend? You should, um, it's usually a week, um, so they usually plan it around um, spring break. Oh, nice. So, um, you know, however, uh, kids, because we, we try to um, get the younger kids to go, mm -hmm. and um, we try to line it up with their spring, uh, like high school spring break, you know. And so not everybody gets to do the whole thing, but um, it's always good when they could do their portion, you know, where they're from. Um, the first time I did it, me and my friend Ernesto Lopez, we uh, we just we um, we couldn't do the whole thing, so we just ran through our reservation, and we ran all the way from the ball fields to uh, where Red Mountain is, and uh, it was a good, it was a good two three hours, but. It was, you know, it was a good, it was a good run. It was good to just connect with everybody and um, you, you just feel it, you know, you just you felt everyone's uh, prayers and that's what was keeping us to keep going. I, could, I just want to leave like um last little story. Absolutely. Uh, that kind of, uh, I think would encapsulate the... Um, the question you asked uh, about as walking between two worlds mm -hmm. and um, how I would explain to people who um, are part of the tribe and they don't understand, you know, why certain things are important. So there's this movie back. Um, I saw it when I was a kid and uh, it was called the legend of the drunken master, uh, Jackie Chan. He was one of my favorites when I was growing up <laughs> and, um, so basically, they're um, 
his family is uh, um, uh, medical practitioners. And um, so they have to go, it shows them already in a different state and they have to um, travel by train, but they wanna avoid the travel tax on the stuff they're bringing back. So they come with a plan, they, they're gonna stick it in somebody else's luggage and they're successful. And on one of the train stops, they try to go get um, the stuff they stuffed in. It was a uh, ginseng. And uh, while they're trying to get it, someone else is in there and they think, oh, sorry, you know, we didn't mean to be in here with your luggage. Turns out that guy was stealing something else. And um, they end up stealing each other's stuff. So that guy, he was trying to steal a jade seal and he ended up taking the ginseng and uh, Jackie Chan's character ended up with this Jade Seal. And uh, so it, it makes this huge commotion. Everyone's like trying to find it. And uh, eventually that character comes back um, kind of midway through the movie and uh, they find out he's, you know, uh, a well-established police officer and really distinguished. And um, he, he asked him, he's like, you know, what's what's the importance of this jade seal? You know, we have hundreds in the Chinese museum. You know, what's so important about this one? And the, the guy tells him, you know, there's nothing important about this jade seal. They're all important. Today, they'll take this one jade seal and tomorrow they take another. And then before you know it, the Great Wall's gone. And way down the line, our children's children will have to travel abroad just to see their history. And um, I think that's, uh, that itself incorporate or encapsulates what it means and why people really try to fight for things that people wouldn't think are that important. You know, pieces of land or the water rights, um, the sacred sites that people don't understand completely why they're important and why we're fighting for them. But they're part of the history. And just like how I wouldn't, I don't think some of my accomplishments are that big, you know, those those are basically monuments to um, of importance that we that I think as a people sometimes don't fully grasp the magnitude of how important they are, and only the older people really do because they know what it means, and it it's going to take some time for them to fully get that same feeling of it. So that's that's what I always try to keep in mind when someone's telling me something or when I'm learning about, you know, history or language, uh, important sites, songs. And uh, that's that's always my mindset with everything that it has to do with uh, our culture. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Facebook at Our Indigenous Truth. Music provided by Tomahawk Bang. To learn more, 
go to tomahawkbang.com. <laughs>